Thank you, Josh. Uh, good morning. Good morning to all of you. Good morning to the people joining us online. My name is Alexa. My pronouns are she or hers. Um, and we, this month, are talking about evangelism. Um, actually, before I get to that, a couple more announcements. We have a town hall after worship today and also a special announcement on video. So if you um, stick around for that, that would be great. So with evangelism, when was the last time you delivered good news to somebody? What made it good? The last time I was um, hearing someone's version of good news was at a concert a few weeks ago. It was Justin Bieber's concert, and it was his world tour. And you can judge my music case, that's OK. I'm, I'm learning to accept it in myself. Um, and the concert was really fun. And he did a lot of his top songs, which I expected. But what I didn't expect was how much he would talk about evangelism. So I knew he was public about his relationship with Jesus. But I didn't expect him to evangelize in the middle of his concert, because that seems like bad publicity to me. But about an hour and a half into the show, he slowed it down. And he began to talk about Jesus. He said, there's been so many times in my life where I've messed up. And you hear a lot about self-help. But I got to tell you, I met this person unlike any other. And this person's name is Jesus Christ. And as soon as he started talking about his personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I began to cringe because in my experience, when someone starts speaking about Jesus that boldly, it usually means they're going to start selling me a version of Jesus who is only concerned about where I'm going to go when I die. Evangelism is historically an evil practice in the church. The language of evangelism about sharing the gospel, spreading the good news, is so fraught with white supremacy that it's difficult to disassociate this language from violence. But what's been helpful for me in thinking about evangelism is to approach it as sharing and embodying good news as a way of enacting social change. It's a way of understanding salvation as your story of liberation and being able to share about that with other people. So if you need a reminder about what salvation can really be, UVC's website says that God's good news of salvation means that our salvation is bound up in one another. It says God calls us into relationship with one another, and that salvation looks like liberated prisoners, healed people, oppression abolished, a thriving ecology, where all can be joyful, free of shame, animated by the Spirit, and held by community. And this is what Jesus came to save us for. And in Matthew, we see an example of how Jesus shared his good news. So the Gospel of Matthew is known for being this evangelistic gospel. It ends with the sending out of the disciples into the world to share the good news. And in Matthew 9, when Jesus finds Matthew, Matthew is on the clock as his job as a tax collector. And Bible scholars describe the tax system in that time like this. So there was the Roman Empire, and then they hired regional officials who then had employees who sat in these tax collection booths to collect the taxes from the people on behalf of the government. 
So Matthew was one of these employees. He collected money on behalf um, of the people. And in this system, there was a lot of leeway for exploiting people at that time. And because the tax system was so exploitative, Matthew and his colleagues became the objects of public hate because of their jobs. So the tax collectors in this gospel are lumped in with sinners and Gentiles and other outsiders. And that kind of makes me think about every person that I've interacted with at a government organization like the DMV or customer services who I'm like tempted to direct my anger at when I'm like on the phone with them with a problem. And if I feel like they're not helping me or being honest with me. And really, whatever problem I'm having is often not their fault, right? It's the fault of the system that encourages exploitation and greed. And I've always thought about tax collectors as inherently evil in their own right. But maybe Matthew was just a guy who was trying to earn a living wage in an imperfect um, job, an imperfect system. And it was this kind of person that Jesus called to be his disciple. So after Jesus approaches Matthew, he then asks him to give up his job and join his good work. And then they gather for fellowship. And then the text says, many tax collectors and sinners came to eat with them. So word got out that Jesus was talking with Matthew. And then some of Matthew's coworkers came, and they all gathered. And I wonder what all the tax collectors' bosses thought when their employees gathered together under one roof to be with Jesus. Like, with all the tax collectors hanging out with Jesus, who would have been there to collect the taxes for the Roman administration? Like, did they leave all their positions at the toll booths all at once? The Bible doesn't really say, but it does say that in order for Jesus to call people to his good work, he went to meet people on their turf. He was, in some ways, community organizing. He went to the booth. He went to Matthew's house. He went to where people already were and entered into their life as a guest. And this can be uncomfortable. Going into somebody else's space says, I will submit to your priorities and your values. And it's kind of this reversal of power. It's not like, come over to my place where I have the control and the power. It's, I'll come to where you are. So then the next section of verses that we read says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. So again, he's going out to where people already are, the places of gathering that were already established to do what? To proclaim the good news of the kingdom. On the way home from the concert, I was railing about Justin's evangelicalism or evangelism in the car with my friend and evangelicalism. But I was railing about that in the car with my friends and my partner, and I was so upset, but I really didn't know why. I was like, it's so weird, right? I can't believe he's talking about Jesus on his tour. It's scary. And it wasn't until days later when I realized that what made me most upset about Justin Bieber's evangelism was that. I've come to know a more expansive story of salvation that is so much more meaningful than just one person's relationship with God. 
And Justin Bieber and so many others, right, are sharing this one narrow version of it. True good news is about everybody, not just one soul's salvation from eternal judgment. So Jesus going out to where people are already gathered says that the good news is for groups of people. It's for a collective. Jesus and Matthew were joined by all the tax collectors because those tax collectors wanted to know more about this good news that told them a different story about a different kind of kingdom. And it was a kingdom that was about care for neighbors who are different from you, about having more than enough for everyone, and about being met with grace and mercy when you don't get it right. And that is what makes good news. If your news is only about getting you more power, about superiority of groups over other groups, if it's denying humans of their right to live well in this world, then it's not good news. And if it's not good news, then it's not evangelism. So the verses in the second part also say that Jesus was moved to compassion when he sees the people that were harassed by the legacies of empire. And then he starts to talk about harvest. Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Some commentaries say that the harvest is a metaphor for the blessings of God that are already present in God's kingdom, not for like this batch of people that are waiting to be brought in, right? The harvest is a metaphor for the blessings of God already here. And those blessings are people being fed, people being loved, people being cared for in body and soul, people being nourished by community and rescued from oppression, and all of that is what constitutes good news. And when Jesus says that the harvest is plentiful, he's saying that there's more than enough of this good news for everybody, but there's not enough people to embody it and carry out the work. When Jesus says to go and ask God for more laborers, it reminds us that sharing and embodying the good news of Jesus' liberation isn't just an individual burden to bear. It's not on any one of us alone, but it's a collective project that we do together because our salvation is bound up in one another. So as we move through this series on evangelism, I invite you, I invite myself to reflect on what God's salvation means for you and for your communities. Because while we have found spaces of safety, like Urban Village, that have given us a different story about God from the cruel, oppressive story about Christianity, that oppressive story is still alive and powerful in the world, and it's costing human lives, it's costing us the earth, it's persisting, which is why we have to be able to testify to our own healing stories that we've found are meaningful for us. So may God grant us the courage to do so.